with it and channel with it. Yeah. All right. So I'll cool. start now. Okay. So welcome, welcome to the Leadership Yogi podcast. So it's the twenty fifth of March, eleven forty five, and this is the first session of the Leadership Yogi podcast that I have put together. My name is Donna Marie, and really, I'm here to help you to start your business online in a way that makes an impact and influence to people that really need to learn from you. So I mainly specialize in working with yoga, yoga teachers, healers and coaches. And for me, it's not about just my earning money or like all that superficial stuff. It's about really leaving a legacy of change, um, especially with the, the yoga industry. I'm really aiming to bring real yoga to real people with real bodies and real stories. Um, so today I have a very special guest called Fabian Adami and he's here to talk about like men's yoga and through trauma and his perspective on you know what he does so let's fire away welcome thank you so would you just like to share a bit about who you are and where your yoga journey started like what got you into yoga in the first place yeah sure um so I am um by sort of by professional training i'm a, a soft tissue therapist um a crossfit coach and a yoga teacher um and it's my second career i say that quite openly i started my sort of original path coming out of school was to be an academic um specifically a historian um but I was, it's the, the, the best way of saying it is that I was, you know, living a bit of a false life in the sense that I was carrying a huge amount of unresolved um, childhood trauma, specifically PTSD, mm-hmm. pretty much anything you can think of. Um, and had had, a, you know, all the sort of typical medical diagnoses that you can get and was on a a cocktail of pharmaceuticals that weren't making it better were making it worse Mm. and I was living in the US and through my ex sort of ironically um, got introduced to the yoga world and was lucky enough to find a yoga studio that was incredibly deep in other words it didn't have what i would call in today's words sort of the the instagram spirituality Mm. they actually practiced everything that the yogic texts preached and preach so you know they used sanskrit in class they talked about the energetic body they talked about the fact that your body holds on to and carries things and it was step one of the mindset that wait a minute there might actually be a different way to deal with things than just you know here take this pill um and what i, I i'd already been so i also as having said that I'm a CrossFit coach I'm also a weightlifter yeah that's kind of my hobby and my sport so I have that yin and yang um I already had that in my movement practice and essentially by adding yoga two or three times a week to that practice 
it was like magic. Wow. Um, and then at the same time, I got lucky enough to be introduced to an amazing um, set, two of them, of body workers over in the States. And through that journey of recovering my own health, it led me to become a therapist myself. Yeah. And the big thing that I say that I do, which gets people sort of giving me a quizzical glance because it leads to curiosity, is I say that I reconnect people to their bodies. Mm. Because my experience was that it was all very good sitting in a in a therapy room with a psychiatrist or a psychologist and sort of talking about your trauma and what you've been through. But it's another thing allowing yourself to feel it and then work into it in your body. Mm. And I was, you know, I was, I was, I was an addict. I had an eating disorder, um, which I used to numb myself. And one of my first therapists who was one of the teachers there said, you know, you, you won't heal this until you allow, until you allow yourself to, to feel it. Mm. And you won't be able to feel it until you come back into embodiment and being in your body. Mm. And I see the same with my clients now. You know, I get people who, because of modern life, they're deprived of touch. Yeah. And they've got, it's, it's sometimes kind of comical to watch them move, but they've got absolutely no concept of, where their body is in time and space and they've got no connection to their body mm. and once you plug that back in through movement and giving them healing touch mm. magic starts to happen yeah yeah um the you know my my very personal view is that pharmaceuticals in a case like mine are a crutch but they mustn't become the whole the whole the whole right? thing yeah they're yeah. a band-aid yeah. and yeah it's it's reconnecting people to their bodies and once you explain that it becomes powerful and once you experience that it becomes powerful mm. so my journey as a therapist now is very much about I had this amazing gift of healing through the complementary world like don't get me wrong I kept going to therapy I still see a counselor now yeah just for whatever but I got rid of all the medications and um now you know I'm now one of those um I'm now one of those interesting people who feels absolutely everything energetically yeah so like gone, I've gone from being, I've gone from being completely numb and quite literally a zombie to being super connected. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's fantastic to have been given the gift of amazing bodywork training and to be able to pass it on. Yeah. And not necessarily talk like this to, to clients. Cause I have clients who, they're not into woo-woo stuff at all. You know, they're they're high-powered, um, incredibly, they're high-powered, incredibly um, 
black and white businessmen because they've got that mindset, you know, when they're dealing with billion dollar deals that you can't, that the, the emotion can't come into it. You know, they have to be completely, um, they have to be, you know, to, to, to put it in, in slightly hard language, they have to be very cold and calculating. So I can't have, I can't talk to them about body work the way I talk to you about it. All I can do is work on them and then watch the magic and just have a quiet smile when they start telling me how they're making changes in their life. Wow. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about because I've done it to myself, but I won't tell you the woo woo side of it because uh, it will switch you off. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, you, you, you can't tell, you can't, it's, it's hard to talk to a high powered corporate attorney about, you know, uh, uh, trauma being held in your psoas or trauma being held in whatever. Yeah. yeah. To them, it's all mechanical. Yeah. 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 Um, and to watch the shift and you know what it is as, as a therapist, but they don't want to acknowledge it. No. It can be quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I bet. What what what's been like the biggest shift in that you've seen in someone? So, for example, like where have you taken someone from A to, to C? So one of my one of my one of my best one of my best clients is the senior partner in the UK, which means he's the number two guy in the whole world for a major American law firm in London. Mm. um and we're talking we're talking partner to the level that you know he has he has bonuses in the 10 million and above category mm. just um you know his secretary prior to his first appointment kind of briefed me and said you know this is Fabian this is a man who sometimes doesn't see his kids for two three weeks at a time because he's working on a deal 24 7 there's been times when I've found him sleeping on this is his secretary telling me that there's been times when I found him sleeping under his desk he's in constant pain because he's sitting at his desk and he's holding so much stress in his body you know just wow. the, the the typical mental type of person in that way and I started working on him and talked to him purely in mechanistic terms. So, you know, you need to do this for your desk setup. Here's how it needs to look from an mm. anatomical perspective. You know, try and integrate more standing into your day. Um, here are some basic stretches you, should, you, you ought to be doing a few times a week. And after his... I saw him, you know, initially he bought a, a block of five sessions off me mm. and, you know, high powered to the point that he's got his, his head in the face crest and he's got his phone under the face crest. Wow. Yeah. And on his fifth session, he came in and he said, Fabian, I've just transferred you for a block of 10. I want this slot every Monday. And over the, the course of the next few weeks, he kind of, and he's still obviously we're in lockdown but he still does it generally speaking which is he books the the four to five p.m slot every monday it's his slot all of the other partners know they can't touch it unless he 
actively vacates it mm. and he he brings his laptop and his paperwork and his briefcase to the session in the building that I work on them in and he gets off the table and when he's off the table he calls a cab and he goes home and he says to me he says to me he's changed his life he gets up at 5 a.m does an hour of work at home has breakfast with his kids comes to the office leaves the office as soon as my treatment on him is over goes home has dinner with his kids and then when his kids have gone to bed he does any extra work that he needs to at home he's hired a personal trainer um through me i've put him on to a nutritionist um he's started using something that i really believe in to help manage his stress which is cbd mm. um um and he's he just like even from a physical perspective he looks totally different mm. and a funny sort of funny story funny anecdote is that um after about six months of working on him he was running late for a treatment and because he's the boss he essentially emailed everybody else on my booking list and said you're all coming 15 minutes late to see Fabian today because I'm having my session <laughs> sent one of his associates down to apologize to me for being late and the associate kind of went Fabian oh my god like he's changed so much he's become nicer to like he's still very demanding and he wants things his way and everything but he's become yeah. so much nicer um, <laughs> wow like and he's openly talking about now retiring three or four years earlier than he originally planned to because getting back into his body has made him go oh my god what am I missing of my life oh, wow. you know he goes to he now he now he now makes sure that everything that's important in his kids lives is in his diary and he works around it he's like he hasn't missed a sports day or a school play or whatever since he started to work with me and he's just basically it's made him completely like he's still incredibly driven and he still works hard and to my mind doesn't get enough sleep but he's restructured his life wow. to give it you know it's not 50 50 balanced and it's but it was 95 to 5 work to to life and now it's much more towards you mm. know probably 60 40 but that's a huge shift. And what's happened within that company is that through him, I work on about four or five of the other partners and they're all showing the same results. Mm. And they're saying, they're noticing how much more productive they are as well, because that one hour of body work and, manip and manipulation, because I'm remedial. So I've been trained in how to put joints back you know put things back into correct position mm. they're all noticing how much more productive they are wow because they're not constantly managing pain no like all like just stress over like ticking ticking right? yeah they're just... not ticking time bombs you yeah. know and i see i see you know that that's a very that's a very <clears throat> high powered example of it but stress is in everybody's life and I can give you examples of less high powered people 
that have had similar results to their scale. Yeah. 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 Um, it, you know, it, it, it makes, we are, we've, we've, we've forgotten in my view, in our current way of living life that humans are designed to be, to move and humans are designed to be tactile. Mm. like touch you know is yeah, is, feel. is yeah. primary and it's yeah. primal and once you re-engage that things start shifting yeah you know yeah. um another story that i that i sort of give as an offering to people to understand is i don't see him anymore because he moved countries but i used to work on a, a husband and wife couple and they both were on um, every two week cycles. Mm. And suddenly the husband called the clinic that I was working at and he was like, I need to see Fabian today. And I was suspicious because it had been less than a week. So he came in and he was, he was like concrete. Something had happened that had made him just go completely like, and I mean stiff as a board to the fact that like I had to work incredibly hard for an hour to dig in. And I kept asking him what's happened. And he's like, I, oh, I don't know. I just, you know, I haven't been sleeping well. Like my stress level's no different, like whatever. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever, fine. You don't want to say it, but whatever. <laughs> Next day or three days later, whatever it was, his wife came to see me. And she's like, you know, so Fabian, how was he? And I was like, well, you know, to be honest, I was a bit shocked because he was in a proper state. Mm. And she said, so he didn't tell you, did he? And I went, no. And she said, well, two days before he came to see you, his dad died. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was, she was like, she was angry or angry. I'm sort of using in a humorous way. She was a bit teased off that he hadn't told me. Yeah, that's big. So she said, I'm going to get him to come, come in again in a few days. And she said, and I said, listen, can I, you know, you know, client therapist confidentiality, but he's your husband. I said, you know, and she, and she interrupted and she said, you can tell him, you can tell him I told you. So I had him and there was one, there was one spot in his thoracic between his rhomboids. That was just like, it was, you know, you, you would have, you could have used a chisel and a hammer to break it down. That's how tight his tissues were. And I just said to him, I said to him, you know, so I saw, I saw your wife a few days ago and he so he went quiet and I said, I, I hear your, I hear your dad died. And I, I, I left it at that and just said, how are you doing? And at that point he started, he didn't say anything, but he started crying. Oh. and as soon as he cried and I was working on him his tissues were back to being soft again and he got up off wow. the table and he said I feel so much better and it's it's an example to me of that disconnection because mm. we're so we're so in this scientific science 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 world that mm -hmm. we've forgotten that the energy has to go somewhere yeah I was just locked right right it has to go, you have this stress in your life and it's coming into your body and it has to go somewhere. Yeah. And if you don't release it and move it, yeah, then you're stuck. 
yeah nothing goes but, right. you know he was which which is a nice segue because as well in a way he was in that he was in that and his wife said it to me he was in that state of i'm a man and i can't show emotion oh that like ancestral trait right yeah and I didn't say that to him. I didn't bring it up. It was a case of doesn't need to be said. His wife had said it and she was like, I wish he would talk to me, you know, um, mm -hmm. but he wouldn't let it out. Mm -hmm. And once he let it out, something shifted. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, it is, there's this. So, so my, my big kind of what I feel drawn to in life and you know you and i have talked about this on the photo shoot we did is that men are actually in crisis massively it yeah. doesn't get it doesn't get talked about much because gender at the moment is such a a lightning issue especially with you know things like what happened in clapham and the trans movement and feminism that it gets lost in the conversation that men are actually in crisis as well. Yeah. And yeah, nothing is going to get fixed until that gets acknowledged and until there's a conversation between genders. Oh my God. Yeah. And I feel like the man's out of balance, right? Yeah. It's like so much but, right now what about the men. Men are also left behind, right? Well, look, I, I'm going to mention a name that to me is an important name and he is a lightning rod. I acknowledge that, but someone who gets a lot of stick and a lot of attacks for saying it is Jordan Peterson. Mm. Yeah. You know, he, he brings up all the time. He says the majority of people in prison are men. 75% of suicides are men and men are more likely to be victims of war, victims of torture and victims of violent crime. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And he also makes the point, he says, you can't just, when you're looking at issues of gender, you can't just look at the top layer in society. No. You have to look at all of it. And when you look down, you know, this is factual, people can look it up. When you look down, to the bottom of the lung, rung at grassroots, it's boys who are behind and struggling. Yeah. And what I would say is us men are, what's, what's the really blunt way of putting it? The really blunt and personal way of putting it is to maybe draw on my own dad. So my dad came from that corporate world mm. and he had that, I do not talk about my feelings. I do not talk about emotion. Um, my response when one of my kids comes to me talking about how sad they are that they've been through a breakup is oh well that's life get on with it mm. yeah yeah and that generation of men is now to put it very bluntly is dying out yeah I feel it, it just is it just is that's yeah. reality you know if you look at if you look at who is being taken by covid it's predominantly men age 65 and above oh yeah that's true yeah. That's, men yeah. make up the majority of covid victims that's yeah. is simple reality and what i've said is what that what 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 that means is that a new generation of men are being called to step into leadership 
men my age, like 50 and below. Mm. But the problem we have is that at the same time as we're being asked to step into leadership, we're also being asked to redefine what being a man is. Yeah. And that is incredibly challenging. Yeah. Because the old expectations haven't gone yet. No, they're still in the you know, bloodline. The old expectation that, you know, toughen up, uh, don't talk about your feelings, repress it all, um, you know, be the breadwinner, be this, be that, are still there. Yeah. And at the same time, all of this new stuff is coming in. And we, us men, and I do feel it myself, are being asked to change the way we are as people in the world while still having those expectations mm, yeah yeah and that's an incredibly have you that's an incredibly difficult place to be in there's so much pressure on men like yeah. how to be and how to look and like it's really really interesting this is like in the last couple of months i've really noticed like a, a forward step um of men waking up conscious men or not just conscious men just like men in general yeah like seeking support seeking help i'm like wow this is power this is this is what we need yes yeah getting out um, of our own heads but 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 there's a have you you will have heard i assume you will have heard of brene brown yeah yeah she she makes a really she reeks she makes a really really powerful point in one of her books where she describes being it's i think it's her book about um, vulnerability daring greatly and she describes being in a classroom at a university in New York 50-50 uh, young men and young women and one of the young women starts talking about how sensitive it is for women when they're with a boy you know does he like my boobs am I going to be a sexual match for him does he like my bum do i look fat in this you know all the sort of typical mental chatter that comes up yeah. and she sort of ends by saying you i wish you men would just understand this mm. and brene brown describes one of her classmates a man slamming his fist onto the table and saying asking the question do you think we're any different and he says and he says my thought is is my you know excuse the language is my penis big enough does yeah. she like my pecs are my arms big enough am i yeah. kissing her well am enough? I high enough you know enough? yeah and she makes this point that we're no different we've got the same body insecurities and you know my my, my girlfriend teases me about the fact that i'm only average height for a man Mm. now i'm about that much taller than her yeah mm. so it's fine and it's with humor but there's still that you know ask the question how many women would date a man who's shorter than them yeah it's interesting because my brother's yeah. like shorter than my his wife and that's like really interesting i think it yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. really interesting really so so we've got this and we've got that situation where most women don't realize that men feel the same way mm. men have been conditioned not to talk about it yeah and then brene brown identifies two 
what she calls, I think, problem areas. She says number one is that she puts it very bluntly. She says women talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Oh my God, and what so, she says so is, she, <laughs> what she says is, if you want your man to be vulnerable, yeah, then you have to hold the space for him to be vulnerable. And she yeah. asks the question, how many of us women say we want our man to be like this, but when he tries to talk, we shut down because yeah. we still have the same image of men yeah and point two which she's made quite recently is that and i it's one that i agree with very strongly is that social media is a terrible thing in this debate because it means that people aren't talking face to face no yeah it's really easy to sit at the end of a keyboard after the disgusting events in Clapham a few weeks ago and type the words that all of you men are like this and you need to do this, this and this. It's much harder to do that in a conversation face to face with yeah, a man in your life. Yeah. Because then you have to take into account what it's like to be a man in the world. Yeah. I was, we, my, my girlfriend and I a couple of years ago went out for a pint with one of her really good friends and her husband and the friend is shall we say she's quite a strong feminist mm -hmm. and I looked at her and I said have you ever asked him what it's like to be a man in the world yeah you get like masculinists or whatever you no know, but the like, point I made to her was yeah. go home tonight and actually ask him mm. the question what is it like to be a man in the world today because what you'll find is that men are going through exactly this thing they're just being told not to talk about it yeah that it's not okay to express themselves yes voice or it's like and shameful taboo there's so much taboo it's come from so many generations that we're still exploring it so we're in this catch-22 of being asked to lead mm. But we're still figuring out what it means to be a man because we acknowledge that that old way is actually toxic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like So we're having yeah. to, you know, just like women had to figure it out in the early and mid 20th century when women's rights was on the rise, mm. just like you guys had to figure it out on the job, we're having to figure it out on the job yeah with the added with the added baggage of she's not supposed to talk about it yeah it's weakness right yeah it's weak. weak to say it's weak to ask for help it's weak to say i've got depression or i've got stress or i've got anxiety mm. um and it's it's a dual problem us men need to talk about it amongst ourselves gotcha. and we need a conversation with the women in our own age group yeah we seriously do like yeah. you see there's an imbalance between i've really noticed over the last year there's always coaches out there and like don't get me wrong but there's like a real support of women supporting women right yes. where what about the women supporting men like you very rarely see women coaches supporting men and i think they need that like they men need that yes they need that like um holding of that space like you say yeah. it's like like 
there, there was just a real lack of that yeah. right now. Um, there's a massive imbalance. Um, I've certainly noticed that. I think, I think, I think an important thing to acknowledge, and I see it now myself, now that I kind of am more observant, there's a huge piece of this that is created division. And what I mean by that is the social media and the press. Yeah. We mustn't forget that that has power mm. and yes. negativity and division sell. It does. Yeah. So yeah. that's why, that's why I say what really matters is things like this engaging one-on-one -on -one with somebody from the opposite gender rather mm. than just being keyboard warrior. Yeah, like I'm so angry. I'm just gonna like voice out to how angry I am. I'm not actually getting any word across. Yeah, like, I just think yeah. to a guy or like yeah. a woman about it that really resonates. Um, and and get to know that person. Yeah. 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 Because I can tell you for free, it's you know I, I've been I've been engaged in this work for the last most specifically in terms of the male and the leadership stuff for the last two years now since my dad died because I am very very different to my father and for a long time within my family and within the broader family kind of network of circles it was always viewed as wrong how different I am yeah yeah because I was emotional and embodied and all of that and my dad was this very you know my dad was a very, very black and white bloke. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting to hear from my mum about six months ago, you know, oh, Fabian, you're very different than your dad. And I said, what do you mean? And she, and she was very careful to say, oh, I don't mean different wrong. She's like, you're different. Mm. And in her words, it's actually kind of refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is an, a, a, an almost 73 year old woman who's grown up with that toxic um, image of men. Mm. And even she is now kind of going, well, hold on a minute. I can see how that caused all sorts of problems. Mm. Yeah. For men in the past. And it needs to shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my, you know, that's why I say my passion is that part of hey, men need to help each other, but we need women. Likewise, women need to be yeah. able to be vulnerable um, with a man and allow their vulnerability to be, um, not have to feel like I've got to be in this masculine, like I'm better than you all the time. It's no one's better than their yeah. species or gender is better than yeah. you, right? Yeah. Likewise, like allow that man to have space, like be vulnerable. Likewise, do the same. And it and it's and it's balance, right? The masculine needs the feminine, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah. there's there's to, to to go into the sort of the 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 sort of spiritual way of saying it. You know, the divine masculine needs the divine feminine, and vice versa. The god needs the goddess. Yeah. 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 It doesn't work when they're separate and fighting each other. No no yeah no um and that has been taken away from the debate mm. 
yeah I feel it I've really noticed the difference like I said I've had more memory chats to me than I ever have had ever mm. um which is incredible for me that is like wow like courageous brave like lights me up mm. I'm like yes like let's bring the men back let's bring their voice back let's like bring them back like who are they mm. like let's find who you are under all your belief systems right mm. yeah yeah and it's 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 beautiful to see it happening because you know i i know from myself back in the day when i walked into that yoga studio how tentative i was mm. about like you know okay this is a female heavy space am i going to be safe here am i going to be heard are they going to be okay with me if i stay here to do this work mm. are they going to be okay with me you know quite literally sometimes being a heaving sobbing wreck on the floor or am I going to get looked on with contempt and judgment because I'm showing emotion mm. you know so so it it the thing the thing I think that's important to understand and I I have that understanding and I use it when I work with men is that most men initially will be disbelieving of the fact that it's safe yes safety is massive because they've been told for so long that it's not safe yeah 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 so it's going to be like you know i know in my case it was very much toe dipping i yeah. moved i moved very slowly with the female yoga teachers and soft tissue therapists that i work with worked with because it was a case of well you're saying this but do you really mean it because I've heard for the best part of 35 years, I've heard the words, but not the actions. Yeah, you've not actually seen that. Yeah. So I think the really, a really important thing is to remember that this is going to take time. Mm. And, you know, you're not going to flip a switch and suddenly have every man willing to go into deep, emotional, vulnerable conversations with their girlfriend overnight. That's it's, you know, if, if that's what you believe, then I'll take some of what you're smoking, so to speak. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's going to be a gradual change. Gradual is best. Yeah. And the thing to say, and I think your comment, that you've had more men reaching out to you is an incredibly important one mm. because it proves that men in my age category in the sort of new leadership category, we actually understand that we have a problem. Yeah, it's acceptance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, we're trying to fix it and we're yeah. trying to step into new ways. Yeah. And we might be tentative and we might be hesitant. And sometimes we're going to make huge mistakes and fall flat on our faces. But I think for women, it's important to understand that we are trying to fix it and we are willing to debate and discuss. Yeah. But we need partners in that. Yeah. 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 It's, it has to be a two way street. Yeah. Or is key community is key mm. and someone that understands and like is not not no judgment yes and and you know i i 
so I, I have a, you know, I think you know this because we've chatted before, but my weightlifting coach is a woman. Yeah, I saw that. And she and I were chatting because we did an outdoor socially distance session yesterday. She and I were chatting about how the, how the situation for women in the weightlifting world or in the gym world mirrors the situation for men in the yoga world. Yeah, it does. And, you know, so for for her, for Leo, to walk into a gym, she felt all the self-consciousness that women would feel walking into that space. You know, oh, my God, are they going to be staring at me while I train? You know, I don't want to get big and bulky, which is this myth about women and weights, etc., cetera, et cetera. And I said, but that's exactly how men feel walking into a yoga studio. Yeah. And she said, she asked me what I meant. And I said, listen. I lived in what is one of the top fittest and healthiest cities in North America. It's right. student heavy. And I said, I walked into a yoga studio where, you know, it was to, to put it very stereotypically, you could have been in a Lululemon advert. Mm, yeah. right? <laughs> and I said, you think about all the baggage that comes in with that. You're walking into a yoga studio as an obese 23 stone bloke with an eating disorder and you're already self-conscious because do I set up in the back of the room where they're going to think I'm staring at them or do I set up in the front of the room where they're going to be staring at me yeah Uh, I you know that girl on the mat next to me has just tied herself into 15 different knots and looks like a pretzel and what if I can't do that I'm going to look like a prat Yeah. yeah so all of the same baggage that women experience when they walk into a gym is what men experience when they walk into a yoga studio yeah 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 and just like I will say as a weightlifter we need more women strength training yeah even if it's just basic stuff yeah we also need more men in the yoga studio yeah and for that to work both have to open up yeah that's powerful you know, and you, you know, you, you, you walk into my gym now, CrossFit Central London, and there's, you know, is it still male, male heavy? Yes, but there are a lot of female lifters. And I'll tell you what, some of them are ridiculously good athletes. Yeah. 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 And that same level of openness needs to happen in the yoga world. And just like it needs girls to draw girls into the yoga, into the lifting community, it needs men to draw men into the yoga community. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Men are more likely, I think, to come to a class taught by another man than they are to come to a, come to a class that's full of women absolutely yeah because it is it is it is a you know most yoga studios are more feminine in decor they're more you know i know at my yoga studio in hammersmith the men's changing room is tiny compared to the women's changing room you know which is the flip side in the gym world yeah and i i helped to teach a men's yoga course beginner's yoga course back in 2019 
And it was phenomenally successful because we had 10 blokes who openly admitted they were scared to walk into their wives' yoga studios. Yeah. Um, and to quote one of them, be surrounded by all of that estrogen Oh, and made wow. to look ridiculous because most men are not flexible yeah 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 so it's literally the flip side yeah <laughs> yeah and once you realize that then you can change it yeah yeah i think that's so powerful and i think the fact that it's actually quite an encouraging positive thing when you kind of like refocus on men because then you can serve them on a deeper level right um yeah. And actually, I think that's a really empowering thing. Like people say, well, yoga is not for everyone. Obviously, it's for everyone. Yeah, of course, it's for everyone. But when you're teaching yoga, you've got to make sure you teach the right people. Yes. You know, because um, if you're not teaching the right people, then you just will get dropouts. You will get people that don't come back. Yes. You will get this like loss of income, loss of students because you're not connected with them. Mm. You know, but the bigger thing them. is, the bigger thing is that whereas women will feel self-conscious walking into a gym men will feel self-conscious walking into a yoga studio and mm. it's exactly that it's connection to strip that away yeah 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 um and yes it's it's serving it's serving your fellow human being and also serving your other gender without then necessarily having to be any baggage there yeah you know yeah um, still like i mean obviously yoga is like a judgment free zone but there is still a lot of like superficialism lots of judginess lots of like toxicity in the yoga industry isn't yeah. there like we need to break that so have i got it in reach i'm reading i can't yeah i've got it i'm reading at the moment i'm reading a book about um krishnamacharya yeah and I think that the toxicity in the, in the yoga world is part of a bigger problem in that I think that people have lost the sense of what the word yoga actually means. Yeah. You know, if you, if you go to your, your local pure gym or your local fitness first or whatever, mm. and you take a yoga class, you're taking a stretching class. Yeah, yeah, you're taking a stretching class because the movement part of the yoga practice is actually one of the least important, right? If you look at the ancient texts, the movement is designed to prepare you for meditation. Yeah, yeah. And I think what's happened in the West is they realize that power yoga you know, get a workout, sweat and help your flexibility by itself sells. And what doesn't sell well is the philosophical side of it. Mm. And it's become yeah. too commercialized. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And most studios don't use or many studios don't use Sanskrit anymore. Mm. And many studios don't integrate yogic philosophy into their practice anymore and i also think that in hindsight the whole yoga clothing um business has been 
risky for the yoga world because you know like why do you need to why do you need to wear a 70 or 80 quid pair of lululemon or sweaty betty and as a man as well you know some of the some of the yoga trousers at lululemon are over 100 quid yeah yeah why do you need to be wearing a 70 80 90 100 pound pair of form-fitting tight leggings to practice yoga Exactly. That's just an attachment, right? And that's yeah. definitely not yoga. <laughs> it's become it's become hyper commercialized. Yeah. And when you I think when you hyper commercialize something, you lose its essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the message, like there was a time back when I was living in North America, I owned uh I owned a two-liter um stainless steel lululemon water bottle right right? and it had it had um translations of some of the yogic texts and some of the mantras on the side of it and at first i was kind of like oh this is quite cool but after a while i kind of looked at it and said what is it actually signifying that we are commercializing mm. spiritual texts. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's what's happened. It's kind of, it's really easy to sit in a yoga studio in London or in New York or in Paris and sit in lotus position with your hands in a nice mudra and chant om and talk about ahimsa and meditation it's very hard to practice it in the real world. Yeah, and actually embody it fully, right? That's it. And to be with, what's, what's the way of saying it? To be with the discomfort that true spirituality is. And what I mean by that is, spirituality is not meant to be comfortable and woo-woo because you're living it. Spirituality is meant to be uncomfortable questioning yourself and the world and engaging with it mm-hmm. and being willing to stand up and be counted when you see something that you believe is wrong yeah and i think that has been lost yeah massively yeah because there's this desire to be uncontroversial yeah it's fitting right it's let's not stand yeah. up and actually speak our truth yeah. it's like we'll get like judged or whatever mm. and it's it's that's going to be you know one of the most refreshing pieces of feedback we got on the men's yoga course that lasted eight weeks was that one of the blokes said came up to to me and james the, the friend of mine who was running it with me and said you know i like the fact that you talked about the yoga philosophy and you gave us the Sanskrit words, but you actually gave us active examples of how that comes across in your life. Yeah, that's so like, yeah. how you take it into your modern world. You didn't you didn't just talk about okay, um non-harm and the sort of philosophical side of it. You talked about how do I apply this in my life? How do I yeah. apply pranayama in my life? You know, it's it's it has to be taken out of the woo-woo 
Western Lululemon yoga, (laughs) you know, which I don't use derogatory because I I think for a time they were a great brand, but Mm. you you have to practice what you're preaching and live it rather than just preaching it or talk about it. Yeah, we're just saying it and I'm not actually walking your talk, right? Which is what you said about earlier. Yes. Like, do you actually walk your talk and like yeah. you go for the grit and the grind and the um, and deep stuff to get to where you want to be, you know? That's it's exactly right. And to bring it round to, to being a therapist and a coach, you will know that whether they'll say it or not, people can see through bullshit. Oh God, yeah. And if you're not embodying what you're asking your clients to do, then they may not say it, and they may not they may not stop come stop coming to you. But the chances of them following through on what you're asking them to do will be much lower because they know you aren't doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I tell my clients to make sure they move their body every day, even if it's just going out for an hour long walk. Mm. And I don't go 24 hours without at least 30 minutes of doing something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So there's, there's authenticity is the word that kind of springs to my mind. Yeah. Um, and it helps when you're talking about trauma and reconnecting bodies. It helps that you've done it yourself. Yeah, you get that person, like, you, know, you get the suffering, you get the struggle, yeah. you get what they're talking about when they come confront you with an issue, they might yes. be like, I get it, I was there too. Yeah. And you, you can share a piece of your experience with them, not necessarily the whole story because that makes it about you, but you can yeah. share with them, listen, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and here's how you deal with it. Yeah, give them the, the process or the yeah. tools or help them to find their own yes. solution to that. And it does, you know, you, you, you'll know this from your experience. Once you get back into your body, magic happens. Yeah, literally. It just does. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, wow, um, I can fix this. I can move into this. I can physically work through this or whatever. Mm. I can work into this tissue where I'm holding X, Y, or Z and it changes people and it changes lives. Yeah. And men in particular at the moment are chronically disconnected Mm. i i say it from personal experience if you repress 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 at some point it's going to explode out of you balls up and a lot of men are pressure cookers because they've repressed things for so long and because they've been deprived both by their own expectations from within their own gender and by outside expectations, they've been deprived of any kind of outlet. Yeah. 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 So true. So true. There's so much pressure on men. They put pressure on themselves. Yes. Do and to to do and they're never being, right? Yeah. Um, And at some point, that's going to lead to either to outbursts of anger and temper or it's going to lead to a turning inward and disease yeah yeah like because again it has to go somewhere yeah yeah and 
there is truth to the statement that everything is connected. Everything is. Yeah. And as I say, I never told this partner that I mentioned to you before about the yoga sutras or the yoga texts or about mm. whatever. I just let him come back into his own body. Yeah. 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 He's picking up your wisdom as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like and it was out. It was hilarious back in in where are where are we now? We're in March. So back in like August when we were not in lockdown i went round to his house to do a treatment and his wife who i'd never met before stuck her head around the treatment door while the, the study where i was setting up my table while i was setting up his wife stuck her head around the door and said oh thank god you're here you know <laughs> oh god so it's stuff shifts yeah once you once you once you once you get your hands on someone and you get their body moving and you free up their movement and you reset their posture and all of that manual stuff, magic starts happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what where can you where can people find you? How do you what like how do you work with people? Do you work in like a package format, like you said? Like how yeah. So I I work in in programs of treatment with people um where I do it's I do minimum is four sessions um, because what I do is um, my 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 goal is I don't believe in quick fixes and I don't believe in band-aids so most people who come to me you know with your stereotypical low back pain you're not going to fix in one hour what's been building up for years so i do four sessions at least initially where it's three um three manual therapy sessions so on my treatment table and the fourth one is usually i give them a choice of uh i will write you and teach you and video for you a customized um yoga uh, uh, mini yoga flow that you can use a few times a week or i take you through a mobility session and teach you how to maintain your own body with a foam roller and massage ball etc etc mm. because far too many therapists tell their clients to go out and buy a foam roller and it never gets used because surprise surprise there's actually correct technique for doing myofascial release on yourself mm. And if you do it wrong, you can cause yourself pain and damage. Yeah. So I do sort of entry level is four sessions. So I call it, I call them bronze, silver and gold. And bronze is four sessions. Silver is eight and gold is 12. Mm -hmm. And the more sessions you buy, the more gets built in. So, yeah. you know, I, I help people with desk setup. Right. Okay. Um, I do, um, if they buy, people who buy the silver or gold get a copy of, one second, have I got it nearby, um, get a copy of um, a fantastic book about how to reset your own body if you've been sitting for years, that's called Desk Bound. Okay. Um, and so 
for example, an eight session um, package is three soft tissue therapy sessions, then a yoga session, then a mobility session, that's five, and then three more soft tissue sessions. And when what they do after that, they tend to yeah. renew with you or? It's different. Some clients, so the partner that I've mentioned, he just kicks it over. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, He's like, tell my secretary when we're on the last session and she does everything for me. And I email her and I say, hey, uh, you know, he's on his last session today. Here's when we started the last block because he wants to see it in a calendar. Here's when we started the last block and she she transfers this ridiculous level PA. Um, and some people just go with the original block of four by the time the four sessions are over, they know how to at least do basic maintenance going forward. Mm, and then they come for a soft tissue therapy session ad hoc. Right. Yeah. So the, the basic goal in every program that I sell is to have people by the end of four sessions or by the end of eight sessions or by the end of 12, you walk away knowing how to look after your own body. Oh, I love that. Even if it's just basic stuff, like yeah. here are the areas you need to foam roll and here's how you foam roll. And if you do that three times a week, you'll be far better off. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I you know, early in my career as a therapist, I saw far too much of, can you, of the question of, can you fix me in one session <laughs> or people being unhappy that they weren't fixed in one session. And it was a case of, I'm not selling a band. I don't, I didn't want to no. sell band-aids anymore. No. I actually want to sort people out. Yeah. 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 And give you a result, not just a bit of relief. Yeah. And people love it because there isn't a lot of that in our world you know most most therapists are ad hoc pay as you go one session at a time and people aren't getting better no they're just like smothering the issue right and just yeah and you know you think about think about this the i heard from somebody very reliable the other day that the current waiting list time to see a physio on the NHS just to get an assessment is right now is at 56 weeks. Oh, yeah. Wow. So by the time you see your physio, yeah. you've been in pain for more than a year and the chances that you're going to need surgery are much higher or the chance that you're not going to get help is even higher. So, my attitude is there are far too many therapists and I used to be one of them who are just like, yeah, I'll do one treatment. I'll do one session for you. Mm. And from a authenticity viewpoint, I wasn't happy with it mm. because my whole sort of my drive is I want to get people better. Actually people better. Yeah. I resonate not with that. Just, not just, not just, Oh, here, here's one session to have a, to have a massage yeah i want to you know i want to sort this person who's come to see me with long-term back pain i want to sort him out and have him or her out and have them pain free because i do have i have you know right now I'm, I'm about 60 40 on male female clients mm. 
so the men the men are my real passion it's like right this this needs yeah i feel that you know. um but the men are, are my real passion but i see a lot of women as well and with the high powered women it's exactly the same story yeah, same as the energy. men yeah, so yeah of, I haven't seen my kid in in six weeks you know he lives in the same house but I haven't seen him in six weeks I've missed his school play I've missed this I've missed that because what's demanded at that level is just as bad oh, yeah um and so, so to, to your question of what happens the majority of people once they've done their initial block of four or eight or twelve the majority of people then move on to a maintenance program where they come and see me once a month. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. 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 Because they've realized, oh my God, I feel amazing. I'm pain free. I can do, you know, they see it translate into their life. I yeah. love that. Like I've got one guy, I've got one guy who comes to see me um once a month and he always comes to see me the day before he plays golf and he walks away chuckling because he knows he's going to win the next day oh god that's a testimonial isn't it yeah so he's like so he's like he do, he's like, i don't tell my golf partners that i'm seeing you the day before i play golf they just wonder why my game's got so much better wow yeah wow. so it it translates into massively. yeah massively. Every, everything connects right yeah. like this partner's wife i chatted to her a second time and she's like fabian he's so much more chilled out at home yeah you know, he's so much more affectionate he's so much more this it, everything is connected priceless can't even put a price on it right no you can't and it's amazing to support my generation in men as they're working through this shift because it is a shift yeah it is yeah. yeah yeah and there are you know i i will freely admit i follow a few blokes on social media who i think are brilliant because they're doing it oh i love that yeah yeah um like you know have you heard of the show um sas who dares wins no Oh, no, yes, so, I, I have. Yes, that's yeah. so long. So there's, yeah, but the, the four blokes who run that show, who are all ex-Special Forces, yeah, all of them have got books out. And some of those books are powerful because they talk about exactly what we're talking about. Namely, you know, we came up in this culture where you don't talk about what it's like to be in a war zone watching people die. You're taught to repress yeah. it and... Mm -hmm it's bs yeah it's bs and it's powerful for men when they see what they think is the embodiment of an alpha male being vulnerable yeah yeah, yeah. so you know you, you can imagine what some of these blokes look like yeah they're oh, they're, God, yeah. they're the fittest people yeah pretty much on the planet they've yeah. taken life they've literally killed if they've been in the war zone yeah and yet they're standing on stage talking about crying their eyes out and having Broken. ptsd and depression yeah. it matters it matters because it shows other men that wait if that bloke if that bloke you know and middleton or jason fox who served in the special air service 
can stand up on stage and talk about how he got addicted to prescription painkillers or he got addicted to antidepressants or wow. you know he became suicidal then other men will listen it has yeah. to be leadership by example absolutely absolutely yeah. and yeah. that's that's part of what drives me is like hey listen yeah this matters yeah it, it matters and it's okay and yes we need women too yeah 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 cool i love this it's so powerful so, so, so yeah what what's your next like steps so, moving towards for you what are you gonna do I'm going to, well, first of all, I think I'm going to, we've said, I'm going to send you my biography and the ways for people to contact me. Yes. Um, I am, I do not currently have a website because my girlfriend and I are working on building one, but I'm on social media and email and I'm happy to give you my um, phone number as well. But my next trick is I'm starting a nutrition qualification um, because as you will know, what you put in your body makes a huge difference. Um, and yeah, I want I want men among my clientele. I want to get to a place right now where I'm 80-20. Yeah, male to female. Yeah, like uh, yeah. I make no bones about it. Men need help and they need help from other men. Yeah, so everything you've spoken about in this whole podcast, just share it on your content. Yeah. Like, because that's the stuff that's going to sit up and make men think. Yes. They need to change their life and reach yeah. out to you. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's impactful words and it's the truthful honesty of just saying it how it is. Mm. When people go, oh, wow. Yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. I, yeah. I really need that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not weakness to it's talk about where you are. It's anything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It takes courage to be vulnerable yeah it's easy to swallow it and to follow the following following the following society's conditioning is easy yeah i mean if, if you want to feel yeah. strong as a man take the one there's there's a there's a there's a philosopher well there was a philosopher i think he's six feet under now who said you either step forward into growth or backward into safety yeah and I think it's true. And I want men to reach out for me, to me. Yeah. You know? And that they should, like, the fact that you've already cultivated that place of safety for men to reach out to yeah. you. You've embodied it. You, like you say, you've been through it. You get it. Yeah. You know, you might not have the same story as them, like, directly, but you get it. You speak from a place of authenticity and authority. Yeah. And I come from a family that is, <laughs> that is heavily female dominant. You know, I've got, I've got six nieces and one nephew. Oh wow. <laughs> Two nephews, okay. sorry. Yeah. And you know, aunts and sisters. So I have also I also have that base of connection with it needs both of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll 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 send you I you know, I hope it's come through by now, but you should yeah, have we'll my you should have my bi biography and let me know if not. And for now email phone and and instagram are the best ways to reach out and once once a website gets up gets done we can deal with that
Vi gondorna.